In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about what player on the Caps is most likely to get traded. Then we'll talk about what is the future of Dylan Strom on this team. And then we'll talk about ESPN's grade of the Washington Capitals at the midway point of this season. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So, in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we will talk about the mid-season grade of the Washington Capitals. ESPN has theirs, and then I'll give you my take on it. Then we'll talk about Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom was a player that was picked up to fill the void in Nick Backstrom's absence. He signed a one-year deal what does that mean for Dylan Strom going forward next season? We'll talk about that. But just to get it going here, there is a lot of talk here. You know, we're at the midway point of the season. The trade deadline is coming up at March. What moves do the Washington Capitals have to make? It seems like on paper things are going along so well. But is there any place on this team, are there any positions that could be solidified? And one of the names that's brought up more than anyone else is Anthony Mantha. And I've spoke about him as much in this show about Anthony Mantha. And it's my belief that the Caps would be best served to kind of keep Anthony in their back pocket as a depth piece, as worst case scenario. We know that this Capitals team has faced a myriad of different injuries. And, you know, there's a lot of players coming back, but there is still half a season left to play. There's a good chance that someone else could get injured. And wouldn't it be nice to have someone like Anthony Mantha as a depth piece? You know, as of right now, he's a healthy scratch. But is there, you know, a bigger possibility or is there a future for him on this team? I tend to think so. The Capitals are invested in him. He's under contract, making quite a bit of money. And one of the things I hear out there quite often is why don't they trade Anthony Mantha for insert big name player? I've heard Bo Horvat, Eric Carlson. That's not an apples for apples trade. That is way off. If you're going to get someone like Bo Horvat or Eric Carlson, it would be Anthony Mantha plus, 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 plus to get that kind of deal. So I think just based primarily on Mantha's recent play and the fact that he's been a healthy scratch, I don't think the return would be too high for him. But in this article in The Athletic, they feel like that Anthony Mantha is the number one trade piece on the Capitals. On Wednesday, Anthony Mantha was a healthy scratch for the second consecutive game. He was pulled out of the lineup because Tom Wilson and Nick Baxter were finally healthy enough to make their season debuts. The decision was curious, but the writing was on the wall for a while. Mantha averaged less than 13 minutes per game in his last eight games and was demoted to the fourth line while playing a season-low 948 in his last game on January 6th. 
And, you know, Anthony Mantha is one of the first to admit that, you know, he needs to work on his game. It's not necessarily about how many points. It's just, you know, Peter Laviolette feels that Anthony Mantha needs to put in the work. He's got to work to find a spot on this team. Uh, all the other players, you know, Dylan, or excuse me, uh, Sonny Milano, you take a look at um, some of the other pieces that have been brought into this team. Nicholas Abe-Cubel, who has also been scratched, but... Uh, Peter Laviolette has referenced the fact that there's just not a spot for him. Those players on this team have worked to get their spot on this team. So if Anthony Mantha wants a sweater, as they say, to start a game, he's going to have to work a bit harder. Mantha scored 23 points in 42 games, which isn't shabby considering most of the production is at even strength and because he's mostly played with Lars Eller, who's limited offensively. But Mantha's been frustratingly inconsistent Rarely takes advantage of his imposing size and flat out doesn't have the coach's staff trust right now. That's a big problem considering he's the club's sixth highest player, uh, making $5.7 million through next season. So it does put the Capitals in a bit of an interesting position. I can see why people would say you'd want to trade someone like Anthony Mantha. He is making $5.7 million. I'll pretty much guarantee you right now that if you traded him, that's not what kind of value you're going to get for him. That was Anthony Mantha, you know, when we got him from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for Jacob Verona and a draft pick and that kind of thing. So um, you're not going to get that return now. That's like buying a brand new vehicle, you know, and, you know, getting in a car accident and going, I want, you know, the same amount that I paid for it when I got it brand new. That's just not the way it's going to work out. Lars Eller, however, is an interesting piece for me as this is the last season on his contract. It would be advantageous, in my opinion, since Lars Eller, you know, unless something crazy happens, I do not think he gets re-signed on the Capitals after this season. There's just too many other options that they have either on the big team right now or down in Hershey, if they were going to trade someone, I would say they would be wise to trade Lars Eller. And I'm not saying they're going to get a huge return for him either, but being that they have control of his contract right now, it would only make sense to try to get some something for him uh, other than let him walk away at the end of the season. That's just my take on it. So if you take a look at Anthony Mantha, I do think you know, that there is a spot for him on this team this year in some capacity. Again, we've talked about the myriad of different injuries on this team that have happened so far up to the midway point of the season. What is going to happen the remainder of the season? What other injuries lurk? Uh, you know, you took a look at the preseason and on paper, it looked like everything was sketched out all perfect. You know, you had Connor Brown and Tom Wilson spot and Strom second line center. And it all looked like it was just going to work together so perfectly but then what happened? Connor Brown got injured in the first part of the season, and he's out the rest of the season. So, you know, best laid uh, plans go to waste, as they say. So who knows what lies ahead um, for the Capitals? There is a good chance that there is some other injury uh, lurking out there. And, uh, you know, the qu interesting thing is, you know, do they just let... Anthony Mantha, you know, if he does start playing better, then do they trade him then? Because as of right now, again, they're not going to get a maximum return for him unless they just purely want his money off the books. Uh, it's just not going to be the case, but it's my assessment that they're not going to get uh, nearly enough for him. If he's consider, you know, continuing to play this way as a healthy scratch, you know, other teams are going to look at him. You know, if they're going to want Anthony Mantha's services, they're going to look at him and say, well, why has he been a healthy scratch, you know, for X amount of games? So 
it's not like there's a lot of clubs out there that are dying to have a guy on their team that's a healthy scratch. And especially someone that's making that kind of money, you would do that for someone like maybe, you know, a guy in the first year in the league that's making next to nothing, like a Sonny Milano deal, for example, under a million dollars. Same thing goes for Nicholas Abe Kubel, under a million dollars. Those are the kind of moves that you're going to make towards the end of the season. They're not going to say, I want to sign this healthy scratch at this huge contract. That just does not make business sense. I don't see Anthony Mantha getting moved unless his play does a complete about face and he starts playing that much better. I just don't think the Capitals would maximize on their return. So again, if he wants to to move on to other things, he's either got to improve his play to play on the Capitals or his play needs to improve if another team is going to vie for his services. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about Dylan Strom. We all know why Dylan Strom came to this team to fill the void of Nick Backstrom, but guess what? Backstrom's back. And no one really saw that coming this early in the season. Everyone said the tail end of the season or next season. Well, it's January and Nick Backstrom is back. It puts the Capitals in a bit of an interesting position. We'll talk about Dylan Strom and where he fits in next. For a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little, little healthier this year. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got the thing for you. You got to try Built Bar. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars taste like candy while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart. Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart, walk walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of our favorite flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we will talk about Dylan Strom. Uh, as we know, and I talked about in this show, we know why he was brought here. He was released, uh, or the Chicago Blackhawks did not sign him to a new deal, shall we say, and the Capitals picked him up. They signed him to a new deal. The Capitals' gain is the Blackhawks' loss, in my opinion, as Strom has played so well on this team. The interesting question now is, Nick Backstrom is back on this team. That was the whole reason that Strom came here, was to solidify that position in Backstrom's absence. Well, Backstrom came back way earlier than anyone thought, so it puts the Capitals in a bit of an interesting position as to what to do with him going forward. He is signed to a one-year deal. The good thing about Strom is that he can play center and wing, and he can do 
he can play well at either position. So it kind of puts them in an interesting position if they want to continue going forward with him uh, in the next coming season here. Strom has been a solid addition to the Washington Capitals lineup as he has eight goals and 23 assists in 31 points in 44 games. He is on pace to hit a career-high 58 points, which would also be his first 50-point season since 2018-19 with the Chicago Blackhawks, writes Washington Hockey Now. Strom came in on a one-year $3.5 million deal this offseason to help fill Nick Backstrom's void, and he has proven to be a key part of the top six while the team is advocating for him to be voted into the 2023 NHL All-Star Game where he would join Alex Ovechkin. And I think that he has deserved of it. He came here and was expected to fill on a huge role. Nick Backstrom has extremely large shoes to fill, and I think that Dylan Strom has done a great job in doing that. Um, A good playmaker, a good hockey sense, um, you know, and, and this, these guys aren't a dime a dozen. Some of these guys, depth pieces, you see them and they're good at only a couple things. But Dylan Strom has the ability to look at the ice and see it different than other players do. You see that oftentimes in really high end centers, see Nicholas Backstrom, that kind of thing. They have the ability to see plays happen before they actually do happen as they're developing. So Dylan Strom is a solid acquisition on this team. The question now is, is what do they do with him going forward? I think that Brian McClellan and company are going to have their hands full making some really big decisions. Like we talked about, it's not only that, it's the blue line. Everyone is a free agent on the blue line, except for John Carlson, except for Faravari and Alexiev, who are restricted. So you just take all the blue line. The only thing that's really locked up as of right now is the net minding uh, department for the Capitals. So that's good. They got one of the biggest positions locked down. But now the questions remain, players like Dylan Strom, who do they side, uh, have come back in the next season? As we spoke about in the previous segment, Lars Eller is on the last year of his deal. What do they do with Anthony Mantha? What do they do with Dylan Strom? If Of all those players, of course, I would have Dylan Strom come back as I think they could find a role for him somewhere. If it's not at center, at wing, as we talked about, he can play that position as well. Um, the six foot three center will be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. So, I mean, they have the rights to him. They have the rights of first refusal on him. So the Capitals can can re-sign him to a deal. So that's good that he's a restricted free agent in that regard, that um, they have the first crack at him, if you will. So if uh, the Capitals are pleased with him and they think that they can come to terms with a price, and uh, I think that Dylan Strong would be worthwhile locking up for an extended period of time. He is a great player, and I think you know, his trajectory is going up. It's not like he's flatlined. Some of these guys uh, that play in professional sports, even a couple of them on the Capitals, uh, they play there and they kind of just flatline. Once they get to a certain part, they plateau. I think that the arrow is pointing up for Dylan Strom. Again, if they can't find a spot for him, At center, they could also always find a spot for him on wing. I think he's a solid fit. I think the Capitals would be wise to try to work him in to this lineup. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the mid-season grade for the Capitals. ESPN put theirs out. I will give you my take on theirs and what I think the mid-season grade is for this Caps team. We'll talk about that next.
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And guys, even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Capitals game like the Capitals take on the Flyers. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about the mid-season grade for your Washington Capitals. Uh, as we know that this team had a rough October and November, but December, they blew up and played that much better. This team that was dismissed as being geriatric and old and out of touch, and they're not going to go anywhere. They proved a lot of people wrong as they made solid movements up, up, up the standings in the Metro. And I do think that we've just seen the beginning of it. We see Tom Wilson back. We see Nick Backstrom back. I think that only lends itself for this Capitals team to continue to play better. And uh, just taking a look at this, this was ESPN's uh, grade on them. The record is 23-14-6, points pace 99.2, preseason over under 96.5. Class President Alex Ovechkin, Washington's captain, was captivating as he matched and then passed Gordie Howe for the second most goals scored all time in league history. And Ovechkin hasn't stopped there. The winger's string of dominant performance also have him leading the Capitals offense with 29 goals and 48 points in 42 games. Ovechkin is producing big time at 5-on-5 five five as well, registering the majority of his output 20 goals and 31 points there. It's easy to joke about Ovechkin's predictability in certain aspects. He has an office after all, but how good he can still be at 37 years old is no laughing matter. And the Capitals' uh, recent play is due in large part to their captain, your captain, Alex Ovechkin, uh, as he continues to knock out milestone one after the other, after the other, after the other. Make no mistake about it, the Capitals' success lies in large part to the success of Alex Ovechkin. He had there's a reason they put a C on his jersey. It's not, you know, a coincidental. It's not an accident. They put the C on his jersey because he is the captain and he leads this team in a lot of different ways. When you talk about how the Capitals were struggling in October and November. There was a meeting between Peter Laviolette and Alex Ovechkin and the remaining Washington Capitals that were healthy about how things needed to change. And Alex led the charge and helped turn this team around. And it wasn't just him. They got that in large part by Charlie Lindgren stepping up big and Darcy Kemper and a lot of the other players. But as the uh, as the Capitals goes, so do Alex Ovechkin, or Alex Ovechkin, so do the Capitals. They are locked in lockstep. Again, there's a reason that they put that C on his chest, and him playing that great, I mean, his leadership qualities, that is why the Capitals continue to excel. Uh, in the danger of failing, this is in the ESPN article, they say the Capitals' big winger, Anthony Mantha, is in a weird spot. Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson have returned from injury, and he was accordingly and somewhat surprisingly made a healthy scratch after spending a few games on Washington's fourth line. At the same time, coach Peter Laviolette said he liked Mantha's recent play, perhaps just not enough. 
The 5.8 million has nine goals and 23 points in 42 games while still slipping his way down the lineup despite strong underlying professional totals that support positive analytic trends when he's on the ice. Um, And it's an interesting thing about him. And I've read this in different places. This is ESPN. I read it on Japer's Rank. I've read it all over the place. Is that there's kind of some facts being lost here that we see how well he's playing just as an outsider. But if you kind of peel back the layers and you kind of look at the analytics of how he's really playing, he's not playing as bad as everyone thinks he's playing. It's just when a guy doesn't score a goal on a consistent basis, sometimes the facts sometimes get lost in the mix there. And some of it has to do in large part that there's other players around him that are playing that much better. So if you don't play as good as those players around you that are playing that much better, it makes you look like you're not playing that well at all. So it is an interesting position for Anthony Mantha. It is an interesting position for the Capitals as to how to proceed. So ESPN rated them with a grade B+. Washington is right where it should be based on preseason projections, which was hardly a given during its sluggish start, where Washington was written off by some as being too old or too too old to contend. Charlie Lindgren's emergence in net going 11-5-2 with a .912 save percentage kept the Capitals humming along while Darcy Kemper was unavailable, and the whole team seemed to relish rallying around Ovechkin's quest for 800 plus goals. Now the Capitals have settled into more of a cohesive team game. Having Backstrom and Wilson back should make Washington more dangerous as well. B plus, I'm going to go above that. I'm going to give them a grade as at the midway point of an A. And why am I giving them a point of an A? Like this article talked about, everyone in the NHL panned this team to be a horrible team, that they're going to be lucky if they contend at all. Well, Alex Ovechkin at 37 years old is leading the charge. He is helped propelling this team over the top. I think that sky is the limit for this team going forward. When you have Darcy Camper and Charlie Lindgren, arguably one of the best goalie tandems in all of the NHL, and you have Alex Ovechkin on a goal-scoring uh, rampage out there, along with production from everyone else, Eric Gustafson on the blue line, stepping up in John Carlson's absence. This is a team that is all collectively pulling on that rope that the coaches mention. And that's why I think that the sky is the limit on this team. Are there teams that are hurdles in their way? Of course the Bruins are a team to contend with. There are teams that are going to be tough. You take a look in the Metro alone, Carolina is playing well. Uh, you take a look at the Devils. There's other teams that are vying and fighting for spots uh, in the Metro to be higher in the standings, but I do think the Capitals have what it takes to do it, and they proved that in the month of December alone, as they were, you know, sluggish, as they said, in the months of October and November, but they found their way, despite the fact that they were without Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom, two huge pieces on this team. Now, both of those players have returned. What we're waiting for now is those two players to acclimate to their surroundings. It's not just, you know, a plug and play thing. I know that on paper, you take a look at Tom Wilson, Nick Backstrom, two players that have played on this team for some time. It seems like you should just plug them into the USB drive and away they go, right? That's not always the case. This team has created chemistry without those two players on here. So that means two players come out. In this case, Mantha, uh, Nicholas Abe-Cubel, Alexi Protus, and Joe Snively. Uh, Joe Snively hasn't played that much this season, but he was all a part of that mix as well. Those players are no longer on this team. So you are losing a couple ingredients 
that were there earlier in the season. Now you add two known commodities in Wilson and Backstrom, but the problem and the, the the pitfalls that the Capitals could get into is relying too much on number 43 and 19. We know the intangibles. We know what they bring to the table. Wilson is the tough guy, the leader, this goal scorer, the fighter. We know what Backstrom is. He's the playmaker, the disher, the goal scorer, kind of the, the guy that can see the, uh, the ice rink better than anyone else, right? But the Capitals have got to work as a cohesive unit if they want to see December's success continue. Um, you don't want to fall into those pitfalls, you know, where you kind of sit back and you think that, you know, 43 and 19 and we're all together. We're all going to do this. There was a true hunger on this team in December to excel. It was a team that was binding together in a couple different things. They were binding together to get Alex Ovechkin his goal uh, total that he wanted to not only tie, but pass Gordie Howe. And now that we can kind of push that all aside, right? You know, he's got Wayne Gretzky on the horizon. Now the, uh, Alex Ovechkin and the rest of the Capitals can concentrate on winning hockey games. That's what they have to do going forward. And I do think that they have it. You know, are there's injuries on this team that are, you know, waiting? Sure. But I think that the Capitals have the depth you know, either on the Capitals or down in Hershey, that they can handle pretty much whatever is thrown their way. Because just take a look at John Carlson, for example. Leads the blue line in minutes, but players have stepped up. Eric Gustafson has stepped up. Other guys on the blue line have stepped up. I do think the arrow's pointing up for this Capitals team, and I do expect a big finish as well. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Homie, and I'll talk to you again next time.